0: Life Audio. Hey, it's time for Cynthia Garrett's Girl Club. I'm Cynthia Garrett, and I will be right with you in just a moment after this. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your
1: fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth.
0: Hi everybody and welcome to Cynthia Garrett's Girl Club. I'm Cynthia Garrett. This is the place for real girls, real talk about real issues and real faith. And for those of you who are regulars, you kind of know, uh, you know, the regular tribe um, and Two of those powerhouses are here with me this morning. I'm going to bring them right in so that we can jump into some incredible conversation. But before I do that, I want to take a minute to encourage you all to check out some of Life Audio uh, where we are hosted on podcast. Check out some of Life Audio's other programs. They're pretty amazing. And I'm I, we're real happy uh, to have Life Audio as a host of Girl Club. And you can catch us on podcast if you're not already listening on podcast, on Google, iTunes, and Spotify, and um, all your other favorite podcast platforms, actually, and I hope that you're joining us through Cynthia Garrett Ministries' YouTube channel, where you can comment live, interact with us live, and we can, we can deal with your comments and, and your questions and your thoughts live while we record that is a wonderful thing. We're adding new platforms all the time. So please stay tuned to CynthiaGarrett.org where we'll keep you updated on all things Girl Club. Um, Lots of really exciting stuff planned for the future. So I'm very happy about our growth and the way that we grow is all about you. So please like us, subscribe to us and share. And if you're on uh, YouTube, you can see those buttons right there. I think, I hope I'm pointing in the right direction, but we need you guys and we need your support. And, um, you know, as we grow, we want you to grow. So thank you for joining us. Joining me this morning, this evening, tonight, wherever you are in the world listening right now, um, is Nova Page, an incredible singer, songwriter, worship leader, pastor, teacher, mother, sister, friend, and um, one of my real honest sisters here on Girl Club and mm-hmm. uh We don't, we're we're nothing if not honest about everything. So hi, Nova.
1: Hi, so, so honest. So, so, so so honest. So, so honest that sometimes it hurts, probably. My ears bleed, but it's okay.
0: It's okay. It's okay. Because what we're here to do is work it all out. Iron sharpens iron, right? We were created for fellowship. And when we're honest, guess what, you guys? We get breakthrough to the other side, which is to walk stronger and be better, Christians, and that's the goal. So, Christina Reynolds is with us also today, another incredible singer, songwriter, talented worship leader, and teacher and sister in Christ. And I love you, and it's good to see you. Oh, Christina's also you. a member. Yeah, I love you too. It's, Christina's also, um, for, for those of you who kind of follow the ministry and um, watch the sessions, which air over on TBN, then you know Christina's been with me on the sessions. Broadcast for a long time now. So, all right, you guys, here we go. Another Monday morning.
1: <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Yay! It's been. Who still has the song stuck in their head?
0: Burl, I,
1: burl, burl, burl. I do. Uh, I don't see, know. I know. <laughs> <it> I know. <laughs> I,
0: I know. It's kind of catchy. I, I I sort of want Anna to play it underneath uh, a little right. bit longer as I'm getting started. I I keep hearing it. I'm like, we should play it a little bit longer. Good morning, though, for all of you guys logging in. It's good to see you. Um, a lot of regulars in with us. Miche, Mommy Barry, it's good to see you guys. Um, wow, we got a lot of comments to start to start this morning. Um, prayers to all of you. Hi, Salumbra. And uh, yes, I understand it's very hot in the UK from my UK viewers and from Anna, who you don't see on screen or necessarily hear on podcasts, but Anna is behind the scenes uh, like the powerful wizard in Oz, making it all happen. <laughs> <laughs> so we love you and, and shout out to Anna. Guys, we started a conversation last week and it was really in response to, I think, you know, a couple of people writing in after Roe v. Wade was overturned. And I don't necessarily want to Spend the whole the whole podcast on it, our whole live stream on it today. I but I do want to put a bow on it because I've been kind of wrap it up before we move on. And I'm I'm look, you know, we always follow the Holy Spirit here. So you know, if, if you guys want to move on, then we move on. Um, meaning, move forward with the conversation. But I think in sort of going forward with the conversation, looking for an exit point. My prayer all week was, God, mostly we've been talking about, you know, choice, free choice, how God gives us the freedom of choice to choose him, how he grieves when people choose sin, when they choose failure over him, right? Um, But I have to come back always to one question. Is this really about? freedom of choice? Or is it about right and wrong? And yes, we're free to choose wrong. I mean, God Mm -hmm. gives us the freedom to choose wrong. But we do have laws here. And murder is illegal. So even if you have free choice, you just don't get to choose to murder your next door neighbor. So when that really hit me, it started me really thinking about the fact that While we struggle as believers with loving other people and wanting to acknowledge their free choice, we also have to ask ourselves, well, if abortion is murder, that's the first question. Now, as believers and even over at Planned Parenthood, it is acknowledged that life begins at conception. There's no more argument about that anymore. There's not even any more debate about that. Life begins at at conception. Scientists have proven that, right? So if that's the case, it would mean that abortion at any stage is murder. Well, if murder is illegal, and it's also one of the Ten Commandments, thou shalt not commit murder, then there really isn't a dialogue or a debate past that if murder is a crime, you can't commit murder. And consequently, I would have to say 99% of the people in the world don't go around committing murder. Why? Because they know they'll go to jail for a long time. They know that maybe there's a death sentence, you know, there's the death penalty in some countries for the crime of murder. So I really think that in putting a bow on this issue, We got to go back to Bible basics and acknowledge that murder is a sin. And if that's the case, and we start dealing with this issue for what it is, then maybe what happens is we raise the bar on generation after generation, and they start to see abortion for what it is, murder, and then they start to just live differently. Because I live differently so that I don't commit murder. Case in point, there's a lot of people I'd like to just shoot right now. But guess what? I can't kill them because I don't want to spend the rest of my life in jail. It's murder, right? So when you start to strip away all the flowery, but we do want to love people, but free choice, but all these things that can often cause well-meaning Christians to get caught in emotion rather than to be rooted in the word of God, it makes you start to look at this issue a bit differently, or at least it makes me start to look at it a bit differently. And, you know, I'm never here to to judge anybody here at Girl Club. What we're trying to do is, is create a very powerful platform to voice your feelings, your thoughts, your opinions. We're real girls. We're not all the same girl we're having real talk. We don't all talk the same way. And these are really real issues, but real faith is about the real word of God and really applying and walking in real faith. So that was kind of something I've really been getting my arms around this last week. And um, I'm curious to know what you guys think. Go ahead, Noah. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm.
1: Um, I mean, 100% in agreement with you. Uh, I look at it as a sin issue. I think what um, happens within the church and outside of the church is that often people have made that decision. And so after they've made the decision, because they don't, you know, it. Again, I come from, it's, I know it's a touchy issue. If she, uh, Cynthia, I know we've talked about your own experience. Um, my experience with uh, going with a friend to get her abortion, which I highly regretted. Not, I didn't regret loving her and being with her. She was going to make the choice anyways because it was hers. I couldn't literally like strap her down and stop her from doing it. I just decided if she something happens after it, I'm going to sit with her. Uh, but that was a really hard decision to make. And I was very, very young. I was 16 and she was a 30 something year old woman and she leaned into me for support. And I carried that for a really long time. And I felt the guilt and shame of that. So that's my experience. Um, And I never got to tell anybody and I was very alone in it, but I, I knew it was wrong. It just wasn't. My decision was, do I be there with, am I with her? Because I love her, and now whether I was being manipulated because I was a younger kid or whatever that stuff was, I don't even know. All I know is years back, looking back, going, I don't regretting don't regret sitting beside her after she's done this horrific thing. And you know what, you guys, she was a believer. She was. And she yeah. had an existing child, but she had this pregnancy out of wedlock, and she was afraid that she was going to lose her child, her other child. She was in quite the predicament her family didn't know, no one knew just me this sixteen year old maybe seventeen year old young girl wow. and been that there. was yeah, you've been there, and that is you know these are the real things that we experience, and um but after it's all said and done, I was like, I love this person, this what I, I carried it. And I realized I had to deal. I had to wrestle with all of those things. What should I have done? What, you know, and, and I feel like the Lord is like, you were with her. You, you know, maybe I could have fought harder. I th- I've fought all these things, Cynthia, Christina, yeah. uh, here's the deal. Once someone has, so, so what I'm saying is I have been in, in it. So I don't say what I'm going to say with just like no experience and super nonchalantly. I say it with um, hopefully at least some depth and the treasure of the human heart and soul and person. But I think once yeah. somebody has made that decision, and perhaps they don't know the the hope of the living Christ, they'll do whatever it takes to make themselves feel justified with their decision. Yeah. And to make themselves feel better about the decision, and uh, when you start on that train, you just have to keep going so that, just, so that you can be justified in feeling better about your decision to take a life. And I don't yeah. know if you if you are in agreement with that, but as I, you know, yeah. I experience all the things with you know i've seen other people in their experience and either they've met jesus afterwards or they know jesus in the middle of it and they're just like i can't deal with the consequences it's easier for them to just justify well, that, and yeah
0: no that that's exactly what i went through i mean nova i was ashamed you know cuz i thought how am i going to tell my son this you know so there was sure. shame there was guilt. There was, I'm not ready. I can't do it. I don't have the, uh, resources. Um, I was a single mom at the time. Uh, I also didn't have anyone around me telling me, Hey, this really is murder. This really is, you know, I didn't even know about Margaret Sanger who started Planned Parenthood at that time. I didn't, I didn't even understand the agenda behind Planned Parenthood. And for those of you who don't understand the depth of the agenda behind Planned Parenthood, you need to, because as, as Christians, you need to understand that everything has a spiritual root system and the root system has got to be Christ-like or the flower is going to be, it's going to be poison. It's going to be bad. Right. Nothing, nothing good is really achieved outside of God and kingdom thinking and kingdom values. And the root system of Planned Parenthood is such that, I mean, Google Margaret Sanger, S-A-N-G-E-R, just read her quotes on abortion. It was she created it. And and got behind Planned Parenthood to help exterminate Black people and and brown people around the world because she felt like we were an inferior race. And then she threw retards, quote unquote. She called them retards and mongoloids. She threw that in there. And then she said, if you really want to sell this agenda, get yourself basically... A dumb black man, preferably a pastor or a political leader, and get him on the on our side with this agenda and don't really tell him what we're doing. And then, oh, she spoke at Klan rallies. She was a favorite of the Ku Klux Klan. Wow. This woman was pure evil. She was she so evil. Much, she didn't much like Jews either. This was a bad woman, and she was an atheist. So I mean, her whole idea was extermination and purification of the race. I think she's akin to Hitler in a lot of ways. And so now here we are all these years later. And to me, I'm like, as a Christian, you need to understand the spiritual root system of Planned Parenthood. Because, dude, it ain't what it pretends to be. And there Mm -hmm. is no doubt about it. I've known people who have one employee of the year there. And the reason you win is for raising a lot of money. And the way that you make money at Planned Parenthood is with abortion services. That's what they sell. They sell abortion. That's their number one product. And I mean, you know, you guys, we could really, and maybe I'll have Roger on sometime and we'll get into the whole worship of Molech and and Baal Mm in the Bible. But if you really take this off, how much of this is really just a demonic agenda to keep sacrificing babies to Molech, which is really feeding the beast in some really crazy, powerful ways. But in terms of loving the, the person, I, I mean, love I'm the sinner, right? I've been there. I, I I'm so happy for the repentance and the saving grace that I found in Christ. But man, there are times where he can't remind me enough that he loves me because the shame and the guilt of that sin of murder haunts me. And, um, and it's, it also makes me want to be sympathetic to other women who are going through it and who've gone through it, because I think all of us are in some level of deception when we're walking in this door, you know, to terminate a pregnancy. And, I know we're in some level of deception because the greatest level of truth would be prior to the pregnancy, understanding that you're a daughter of a king, that you're beautiful, you're incredible, you're fearfully and wonderfully made and knowing your identity in Christ and basically closing your legs. I mean, you don't have to have sex out of wedlock. We're not supposed to. If we were not having sex out of wedlock, I mean the reality is there'd be no reason for abortion. Most of them, right? 99.9% yeah. of them. We wouldn't need them. Yeah. You'd be in committed marriages with people who are who are showing up to take care of their 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 child. It would be different. If we were living the way that we're supposed to live, things would be different. By the way, why aren't we educating our children from day one on Celibacy and abstinence and the value they have. And my niece is look, you guys know uh, we have a sort of recurring teen guest here on Girl Club named Summer Garrett. No mistake, the last name. She's my niece. She's 22. She's gorgeous. She's a model and an actress. But she's before she's anything, she's an on fire believer and daughter of the King. And I help. I helped raise her. Her mom really let me participate in her life from the time she was an infant. And um, that girl walks in purity in every way. And I know lots of young women and guys who've chosen to be celibate and wait Mm -hmm. till they're married. And Mm -hmm. maybe they don't hit the mark entirely. But why are we establishing the bar so low on a generation that I know 75% of Christians just say, they say it to me, well, they're going to do it anyway. So I mean, why put that on them? What? Why put vision and betterness like you can be bigger, better, stronger, faster, root yourself in Christ sooner
1: mm-hmm. and you'll
0: go further than I went. I don't know. I, don't, I, mean, I, would, never, I would never dare to expect so little from our young people today.
1: Honestly, but, Cynthia, yeah. I look at my son who's 21 and he has chosen purity. He does have a girlfriend, but like he's actually living it. And and in fact, last night he said, Hey, I really need to talk to you because my really good friend has decided to move in with his girlfriend and I'm really struggling. And I've told him, you know, he knows our family. He he kind of doesn't want to be around us. He doesn't want us to know why because he knows it's wrong innately. Right. And he has seen the light. He's seen the love in our family and he's super ashamed, but he's doing it anyway. And so the truth is Cynthia. Yep. Some people, even though they've seen all the good, they're going to choose it anyways. But you know what? There's still young men like my son who has made a decision and he's not budging. And I think we have to, give those voices a platform so that they know that they're not alone. Cause let me tell you, he feels really alone, but there are those like your niece and my son and there are others, but like, again, those voices often don't get a platform cause they're made fun of as opposed to
0: honor. Like they're not honored. Right. Right. And you guys, I mean, my son through college, you know, I, I, I you, you know, Christian, you know my my son is six five and drop dead good looking and he's smart and he's he's athletic and he was you know I mean he's my son so I'm a little biased but he's pure perfection and um but you know <laughs> pretty handsome pretty handsome you know but yeah. I mean you you know all through college when he and his buddies were being vocal about celibacy I, look I, you know I thought okay if he ever falls off the bicycle you know. I know that in his heart, he wants to be on the bicycle doing it the right way, but I'm not going to set the bar low for him. I'm going to keep the bar high because if you shoot for the stars, you just might hit the moon. You know what I'm saying? So like, come on, Mm. like, I don't want to set the bar low. I want, you know, my son and I joke because he knows that on my tombstone, I wanted to say, here lies my mom. She was about zero compromise. Compromise is the one thing you can guarantee yourself as a Christian <laughs> that will keep you constantly unhappy and unbelieving and doubting your faith. Because when you're in compromise, you're putting yourself outside of the position to receive the full abundance of this relationship that we have in Christ. I, 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 when I'm in and I'm fully in, then I'm growing and I'm learning and I'm advancing. When I'm half heartedly in, I'm not really learning. I'm definitely not advancing. At best, I'm standing neutral. Usually I'm going backwards. You know what I'm saying? And so, you know, there's an interesting comment that came in. And in a way, I think it kind of is a part of this bigger dialogue. But Salumba writes uh, question How do we respond to celebrities or family and friends that are so called Christians? but use their platforms on social media to please the world or do we just keep it moving and let it go and i i got to tell you i mean it's this this issue is finding a lot of i think maybe people who want to please the world but i think a lot of these issues in terms of us as christians we look like we're trying to please the world and and i think and i'm i'm, I'm cuz love thinks the best right i'm going to hope that 50% of these people want to please the world, but 50% are just confused as to how to show love to sinners and how to put love and non judgment on sin. And I think that love is a concept that has been secularized for a lot of believers. The way that God loves is different, God loves us as a true father with real love. But when you have kids, you know that real love often punishes. Real love sets rules and boundaries. One of the reasons why I think my son is such an incredible young man is because at a certain point in my life, I put my flesh aside. I made myself second to the fact that I had brought a child into this world and he deserved my attention and he deserved his shot to get ahead above me. you know what I mean? Certainly equal to me. He was my charge from God. I needed to do a good job. I needed to steward him well. And so in loving him for real, there were times where I was not very popular. He could not go to the party with his friends. He could not drive the car at 12. You know, I tried to let him. He took the side of the car off a couple of once driving down our own street. I mean, seriously, like, come on, you guys, like we don't, we don't give a put a gun in the hands of an infant. And if if abortion were called murder and people were just expected from the womb not to commit murder then this issue of premarital sex would be something that people took a lot more seriously that's yeah. my premise and I'm and I do believe that
1: yeah
2: yeah but but I think I really love her question though, because it's like, do we, do we as believers, like where is our, even our sphere of influence to even say anything about celebrities or people who have platforms who are, cause there's a lot of people who, you know, will confess being a believer or whatnot, and then go, <laughs> go off and use their platform to, I mean, we don't know whether, whether or not it's to people please or not like what you're saying. It could just Be a place of just confusion you know who's around them who's setting a standard where are they getting fed all of those things but i I, you know i just want to respond to that you know i think i've come to a point where you know you'd see like the next headline oh so and so was radically had this encounter with jesus and they do all these things for the lord for this short period of time and then they kind, then they then the next headline oh they're getting divorced now this is happening that is happening and um I think I'm more broken over the response of the church in of judgment and going. Oh, I knew they weren't real Christians anyway. Or I mean, you, you. you I, I can't even number on my hands how many times I've heard more judgment and more criticism instead of, oh man, let's be praying for him. Is there anyone in his life? Let's you know ask the Lord to encounter him and 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 like, I think there there's a place to go. No, what they're saying it's it's not biblical. It's not true. I can think of like a handful of names right now and it more breaks my heart, but I also want to have compassion of going, who who, do they have people in their lives who are pouring into them, who want nothing more than for them to be successful in Christ, to be whole in Christ, who aren't wanting to use them. And we see Justin Bieber as like a really good example of people around him who are big time pastors, who he ended up walking away from going, man. I feel like they're just using me to build their own kingdom. So there's like so many layers and factors to people who live with that much fame and like exposure that I, I want, I, I want to be praying for them because God, yeah. ha, they have been intri- given yeah. this huge platform. We should be praying for them and not going, what you're doing is wrong. Yes. When we get that moment to stand in a room with them and the Lord impresses on us and goes, open your mouth. I'm going to fill it. And what you're saying is going to actually change something, but we can sit around all day and like act just like the world and be on, in our little forums, commenting on YouTube videos being like, well, he's going to hell or I knew it. No, that's not what we're supposed to be doing as Christians. Yeah. If we feel so like compelled, we should be compelled to prayer. We should be compelled to like love, not in saying that's okay. But going, oh, my heart, I want my heart to be broken for Justin Bieber, for Kanye, for the Kardashians, for anyone who confesses Christ. Because there's a lot, I'm sure there's so much more going on spiritually and in the natural realm than I I even know about or could Mm -hmm. even bear myself, you know?
0: Right. So we don't just keep it moving and let it go. We should be moved to compassion, to pray for them, and possibly to, you know, sometimes the the holy spirit will call me to intercession to corporate intercession where i'll just start repenting of all the sin i see around me in my country because mm-hmm. you know 2 chronicles says if my people who call themselves by my name would humble themselves and repent right then would i hear from heaven and i would restore their restore them and heal their lands right i paraphrase but most of you know the scripture and um i I take that very seriously, you know, but I, I will say this um, it is very easy and I realize, and it's something I really want us to talk about going forward. You know, it's like, well, what do you, what do you say when you don't know what to say about anything? Right. We've been talking about the last few weeks. What do you, what do you, you know? Wow. How do you talk about abortion? You know, I've been trying to give you guys a place to speak about Roe v. Wade and to try to, you know, quickly Deal with it, and and hopefully, you know, when you don't know what to say, you you go back to scripture, you go back to God, but you also have to, you got to love the sinner. I mean, we may hate the sin, but you know, we got to love the sinner. Look, we all know cases of serial killers who who've accepted Christ before going to the death chair. There are consequences for what we do, right? When when we're breaking the law, or we're or we're Living, you know, against God, but it, it it doesn't mean that Christ won't accept that person if that person has a, a real moment of repentance. He came here for sinners, <laughs> you know what I mean? He came here for sinners. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but you know, I'm pretty ugly in my sin, and and <laughs> so are most people. But it does lead me to that, you know, criticism, right? If we really open up the floor and talk about what response most christians have it's very look I'll say for me it's very easy to criticize cuz i see so and we've been, look we we spent weeks talking about the church about even ugliness in the church and ugliness on pulpits and disappointing leaders and you you mentioned you know Christina you mentioned Justin Bieber and the leaders around him you know and 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 just I mean, I've often looked at them and said, I don't think most of these guys are leaders. I think they're groupies and fanboys and, you know, I come from Hollywood, so I hate groupies and fanboys. It's gross. Like, don't put anybody on a pedestal. I knew most of these people, trust me, they're just trying to walk. (laughs) They're just trying to get through the day. They're not worthy of a pedestal. I'm not worthy of a pedestal. No one is. There's only one rock star that should be exalted on a pedestal and a throne in our lives. His name is Jesus Christ. That's it. God gave Mm -hmm. us God gave us his son and the Holy spirit that that triune Godhead is on the throne. That's it. Outside of that, the rest of us are struggling, you know, <laughs> and, and it's, it's, and it's like, I was listening to something yesterday about just the spirit of criticism. And I realized as I listened sitting in this church that the Lord told me to go to, because he had a message for me, <laughs> And the pastor takes the pulpit and says, I've been preaching on something completely different, but I feel led today to bring a different word. So of course now I'm paying attention. And he starts speaking about the spirit of criticism and the entire church was silent because the spirit of criticism has touched all of our homes. And I think we criticize, my grandmother used to always say, don't criticize unless you have a heart to help. Well, I think we criticize because we see so much wrong and we don't know what to do. And we need to talk about it because if you keep it inside, you will go crazy, but then we've got to have a heart to help. And often if you can't get to the person to help, the only way you really can help is to pray, sincerely pray. God break this spirit of confusion off of this ministry, off of this leader, off of this person, off of this colleague of mine at work, whatever it is. So it's a big one, you know. Um, Power of a Virtuous Woman writes some interesting, very interesting comments, you know, spinning off of this. God spoke to me in this verse last week, Psalm 27 13. What would have become of me had I not believed that I would see the Lord's goodness in the land of the living? You know what? I believe based on that scripture that we may see the Lord's goodness in a lot of the lives of people that we've criticized and want to dismiss. Now that is very hard for me to accept and swallow because I'm pretty convinced that some of these people, they are not redeemable, but who am I to say that? I don't know. You know, I know that there are people who would have looked at me 15 years ago and 20 years ago and said the same thing. That one there, that little one's not redeemable. You know, of all the TV shows I hosted, all the people I've known, all the things I wanted to do, I don't even think myself I would have thought I'd be sitting here on on Girl Club in a fellowship of Christian women trying to figure out how to be Christian women in the world we live in today and men. Shout out to the guys out there listening. But she goes on and she says, what good would become of me and my heart if All I see is evil and don't choose to see anything good in the world. That is powerful because what good would become of me and my heart. If all I see or all I choose to see is evil and I don't choose to see anything good in the world, I'll tell you something. I'll tell you what good will become of you in your heart. If all you choose to see is evil, you will become bitter and angry and old looking and tired and um, you'll shrivel up and die. If we don't choose to see the good in the world, if we don't choose to find some reason and hope for the redemption of the jacked up, messed up leaders, pastors, politicians, laws, rules, Arguments like abortion. If we don't choose to find some hope of redemption to see some good in that.
1: Yeah, I don't know about you guys on podcast,
0: but I'm throwing my hands up in the air because I don't know what would become of us.
1: Mm -hmm. Honestly, I keep on thinking about Micah six, eight. He has shown you, oh, man, what is good and what the Lord requires of you to act justly, to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. He's shown you that that's good. All of that. That is good. And I want, I mean, that is a, a huge verse. Because I'm like, Lord, am I acting justly? And do I
0: love mercy? Do I love being merciful to others? Yeah. You, let me tell you something. Let me just jump in mm-hmm. there, though, Nov. To do justly. To do justly means we're not committing murder. It means we're striving for righteousness. It means right. we're, we're, we're trying to love each other. It means we're trying to walk upright and do what Jesus would do. I can mm-hmm. guarantee you if Jesus was here on earth today, he would not be having premarital sex. He would not be in a situation where he goes and, 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 and terminates a pregnancy. Like he just would be living differently. So right there, yeah. there's, there's, we're supposed to be a standard. We are yeah. called to raise up a standard and be a standard in the world. There's our standard. Okay. So now what does he require of you? What does he require of you? He's saying, he's saying. Now, after that, we got to love mercy. Why would we need Mm. to love mercy? Why did Shakespeare write so eloquently in The Merchant of Venice? It's my favorite, it's my favorite monologue in all of Shakespeare. The quality of mercy is not strained, but it falls like the gentle rain from heaven upon the earth below. It's twice blessed. It blesses him that gives and him that receives. Mm. And she goes on to talk about how if she inflicts mercy, which is what, and I'm going to paraphrase this, which is what the guy, the, the guy, the, the, the Shylock, I think, went to her begging for mercy that this guy who owed him money would be punished and killed and stoned to death, right? And if she, she basically gives this beautiful monologue to say, if I give him, if I inflict the the judgment, the righteous judgment for this man's crime, his sin that you want. I need to also apply the same measure to you, dude. Mm. Maybe you want to ask for mercy because I don't know that you understand how wrong you are also in your life. The quality of mercy is actually the better blessing. And it's what we need from God every day. Every day we need him to be merciful. I want him not to give me what I deserve, you guys, because I don't deserve to be blessed. And and, and I got to say, for any of you watching or listening, if you can say to me right now, I deserve to be blessed, please write it in and tell me, because I want to know how you live a perfect, godly, righteous life. Because I'm trying. I'm trying. And that will keep you humble. The reality of that right? Causes you to walk humbly. So when Nova, I love that you brought this up. The scripture is a mic drop because it's all right Mm -hmm. there.
2: Yeah. You know, it makes me, it makes me think of that verse. Um, you know, those who love or those who, who have been forgiven much will love much. And that has always struck me every time that, you know, it's just remember what have I been forgiven of? I've needed to be forgiven of. And, and, in knowing that I, that the Lord has passed over my transgressions. He's forgotten about them. He's thrown them into the sea of forgetfulness. And like my long list of my 20 years of, and counting of, of just outright blatant sin, he has forgiven that, that, that is where, that's where I can go. Oh my gosh. That's, that's where that whole, like, you know, love mercy, extend mercy in the way that you've been, given mercy it's like whoa wait i'm i'm not i am not worthy of that and yet you said that I was and you gave it to me so I must do and then I want to do the same thing you know and I see this oh my god time and time again especially with like my brother who right now is like living in sobriety for the first time in 20 years he's been on meth and heroin and just in and out of prison just really intense and I just remember in like the thick of it of him just his life choices just ravaging our family. Literally, it's just ah, and me being like, "Oh my gosh, like what is wrong with you?" I mean, sending long texts that were just completely unhelpful, yeah. and um, and you know, my mom, lover, she was just like, "Christina, it wasn't too long ago." You were doing the exact same thing. Maybe not to the extent, but you're doing the exact same thing. And it's like crazy how we, as Christians, as we're on this like sanctification walk, it's beautiful. We're being transformed from glory to glory. It's crazy to me how I can get lost in my sanctifi- sanctification and forget where I came from and then hold this, this like judgment over others who, who basically, as Todd White, Put it when I talked to him about about my brother. He was basically Christina. Your brother—it's like you're 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 screaming at your brother. I just just open your your eyes. Just see. Just see. And he's going, Christina, your brother is blind. What if you were to do that with someone who literally was born blind or was had no ability to see? It's like it's that same. I think just lack of understanding and also lack of compassion and remembrance of like where did I come from? Wow, like you died for every single one of us we have all fallen short, you know, and, and (laughs) I'll never forget it. I asked one of my really good friends, like we were just having a really deep conversation. I was like, girl, tell me like, where can I grow? Like what, where, what's my weakness? Like, where's my blind side? I want to, I need to know to be able to grow as like a human being. And, Mm. and she was like, she's like, Christina, I've been seeing you, you've been growing in this a lot, but something that I think that you can continue to grow in is being more merciful And that kind of like, that was like a little wake up call for me because in the name of I'm excellent in all that I do, I have high standards. I hold myself to these standards. I can easily go into a place of being not, of not being merciful, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and that's heartbreaking because I would never want someone, I mean, it would, it would hurt me (laughs) for someone to treat me that way. And so Nova, you bringing up that verse It's not just a, we as a church need to be like this, but it's going, oh my gosh, we need to extend grace and mercy to others. I want to love because you know what? Someone's loved me and I was unworthy of that. It's like, it's like you're saying, Cynthia. it's like a both and it's a give and it's, 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 uh, it's like an
1: overflowing like flow here.
0: Yeah. You know,
1: I was, uh, I was, you know, just even as you were talking and, and first of all, thank you for sharing that Christina, because it, it honestly, it takes a lot to just go, this is an area like a, of weakness. And I'm just like, thank you for just being that girl that will say that's where I need to grow. Like, I just am super honored to be your friend and to walk alongside a woman like you. I just I'm, I just love you so much, so I just had to say that.
0: The second thing I, love I was going to say, I love you too. I love
1: you. <laughs> I really appreciate it because it. I'm like, oh my goodness. I'm like, me too. I'm just like, ah. Oh, Anna, um, I love the
0: hearts. Can I get the best? <laughs> Yes, there's
1: so much love here. Oh my goodness. <laughs> um, I was I was thinking about you know in talking. I, I mean, circling back to that conversation with my son, his friend who's moving in with his girlfriend. He goes. You know what guys, you know, we're sitting around the dinner table and my husband said, well, I should. There's, you know, let's just invite them over, you know? And he's like, yeah, he goes, you know, I know you guys, you won't like hammer them and tell them don't live together. He goes, I know you guys we will like sit around. We'll have some barbecues. And probably after a few visits, we'll be able to talk honestly and just share our love for them. And he goes, you know, even though I have a really good relationship with this friend, it's all about timing, isn't it? And mm-hmm. making sure their hearts yeah. are ready to hear what so they true. need to hear he goes because i know my friend but i don't know his girlfriend and she's been burned by the church and so we're having this family conversation yeah. like what does it look to like like to love people unconditionally and in time share what that love actually means like we really well, want the best for you that is we so really true do.
0: nova it's, it's it's timing and holy spirit yeah it's, yes. it's holy spirit time because the reality <laughs> yeah no it's true because the reality yeah. is The Holy Spirit will tell you and show you when it's time to press in on something. And it is interesting because I had a little interesting moment with a close friend of mine here one evening at dinner because I I said, you know, my brother, uh, my brother, my son started dating a girl, lasted a couple of weeks. But, you know, I knew she, she was inappropriate for who he is. And I and I knew, you know, that and she was she's living her life, not in a Christian, in a mature woman of God way, certainly not in the way that, you know, me as a mom who thinks, you know, he's a he's he's the young king I'm talking to in Proverbs 31. Right. So I'm just going to now I'm going to be mom, like I'm going to break it down, like, ah, not my baby. Right. However, (laughs) I'm the kind of mom. I'm the kind of mom. And I and I said to my son, I said, okay. So you, you you want to bring her to meet us, which is, you guys, I mean, you have a 29-year-old who wants to bring a significant person to meet you. That's such a big deal. I'm so grateful to God that we have that relationship. Yeah. But I'm also, you know, he knows me. He's always, he, he'll look for my opinion because he knows I'm also going to accept once he's made a decision. And this is what you're saying, Nova. And thank you for sharing because I, I think this plays on this. I said to him, Christian, let me just say what I feel because I have a sense of urgency about the fact that this is the wrong girl. She's standing on the wrong platforms. I don't care if she has 3 million Instagram followers. It's just 3 million more people seeing her half naked. You know, she's a a model and, you know, there's a lot going on. And I I said, and I know you, you are going to want modesty from a woman that you're going to take seriously. I also know that you're not the kind of guy that just goes out and dates around. You're the kind of guy that falls in love and gets into a relationship and is looking to wife somebody. And I'm going to tell you walking in the door, I don't think she's anywhere near their son. And it's my job. to. to, I'm not raising a prince. I'm raising a king. So I really see the queen mother in Proverbs 31. Also, I don't just see I, I didn't see that girl in Proverbs 31, and I saw me as the mom sewing into her young prince, wanting him to be king someday, that there was an unequal yoking going on that could be very dangerous to him and his calling and everything about the position where God has him right now in the kingdom and also in the world and business. So I said all of this to him just calmly. And I said, now, you know, me, (laughs) if you prayerfully choose to be involved with this girl, I see this girl as a girl is walking in a lot of the same mistakes I used to walk in. And I said, and you know, me, I'm going to pull her in. We're going to love her. We're going to teach her. We're going to sew into her. And she's going to be our, our daughter from the second you start dating her. And you know, that is my heart. And that is your dad's heart, Roger's heart. And he listened. He did not like a lot of what I had to say, but we talked. It was tough, but we got through it in respect and honor. And a couple of weeks later he actually broke up with this girl. He saw some things on his own. He said, "Mom, I don't want to talk about it, but you're right. There's no drama. She and I are just going to be friends." And that was that and I, you know, and then I I got off the phone and I did a hallelujah dance in my own bedroom and I called my two girlfriends who were interceding for the whole thing and we were like, "Oh, praise Jesus." But anyway, that's the other side of it. However, it was really a trip. Cuz my friend said to me, "I would never. How could you talk to your son like that?" How could you say that? I would never say that to my son. I don't have that relationship with him at all. And I said, well, that's okay. And that's your thing. But my job isn't to be his friend. My job is to share the truth in love. And my son knows how much I love him. And he knows how much I will love her if that's his choice. But I feel like as a woman of God, and and I'm saying this to all of you, all you moms out there, all you dads, all anybody who's looking for how to speak the truth. What do I say when I don't know what to say? If you you have a relationship or a platform or a Holy Spirit leader or a position in someone's life because they know that you love them, that's Mm -hmm. a powerful place to speak from because they've seen your love in action. They know that you are merciful. They know that you're humble. They know that you only want the best for all parties involved. I want the best for that little girl. And in a way, I wish that my son had brought her and let me mentor her because I would have just, I would have loved to open up the mysteries of God in the hopes that she'd receive them. But I do know that there was an honest factual side to what I was seeing about her life and her choices right now today. And, and we have to weigh it all and we have to pray it all through and take it all to the cross. God, if this is the girl you want for him, you know me, I'm here to do your bidding but Lord, if this is not the girl you want for him, please close this door. And that's how I live it out. And man, when it works, it works, you know.
1: You know, Cynthia, when I'm like just listening to our overall conversation and just getting clarity on, you know, because we talked about celebrities and people online. And the truth is where we are and the people in the sphere of influence, if we have relationships, and So then we intently ask Holy Spirit to give us wisdom and discernment on how to share. But it's relationship. We, we come from a place of the love for the person in the relationship. When mm-hmm. we don't know them and there are these platform people we don't know, then simply, I think we just pray. I think we yeah. just say, hey, Justin, I'm praying for you. You never need to tell anybody how wrong they are. If they've ever experienced the love of God, guess what? You just saying, I'm praying for you. The Holy Spirit's probably going to have some kind of crazy conviction. So I think from that space, since we don't have a personal relationship with somebody right. like that. Now, when God has given you personal relationship with people that may have a platform, I say, if the Lord says, tell you, you know, go ahead and 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 speak do. I, I recently had a very honest conversation with a young man who is a professional athlete who I saw going wayward just on Instagram. And I straight up just was like, listen, son, boom, boom, boom. I love you. You know, I come from a place of love and he just decided, boom, I'm going to turn it around. But it was only because guess what? For 15 years, I was a mama to him.
2: Right. And that's the
1: only reason I was able to speak into his life. Thank you for the relationship.
2: Yeah. No, but that is right on. And I've, and that's why I have to just clap on that, snap on that, on just the timing and then your sphere of influence. Like, have you sewn into that relationship? I think it can be actually way more destructive if you have zero relationship and you're going, What are you doing? You know, like listing out all of your critical. Because honestly, at the end of the day, that doesn't come from a place of love. You know what I mean? I know the people that, you know, I'm like, I have invested into your life and and the reason why and not not just like you're going you know you're doing the wrong thing oh my gosh please stop it's going i've poured out my life for you i've invested my time my energy because i love you i value you like if you were to take like say invest in anything like cynthia like your land and you see it's starting to grow weeds are you going to just let the weeds grow when you've spent x amount of money x amount of time x amount of stress Tears, love, dreams, excitement, that is showing value to stop someone in their tracks and go, oh, baby girl, hold on. Let's talk about this. Or like, you know, whatever. Like, do do you see the heart posture that it comes from? Or even with my parents, I'm getting to an age where they actually really value what I have to say. And they ask me for advice. My parents, they're amazing. And it's like, but I can only do that because... (laughs) I'm, you know, I've had that relationship and we've been in relationship my entire life. Like, so I love what you're saying, Nova, like, and then also like, even with people that you love, I've realized that God, when you're praying, lovingly praying for, for the people that you love, or even people that you may not know, he will open a door. If he, if he needs you to speak, Mm -hmm. I I can't even tell you Mm -hmm. how many times if me and my husband are just like, you know, we're just going to love these people. We're going to hang out, play some pickleball, eat some food, barbecue, swim, whatever, And then it's like, it's it's amazing how when you're in communication and when you're loving relationship with the Holy Spirit, he will just organically open the door. And then it's not even like he'll be like, put this burning word in my heart. He's just like, you know what? Let's talk about this. Next thing you know, you're sharing, you're sharing about Jesus in the most non-preachy, like not non-fake judgmental way. And it's like, I, I just think like a lot of times we feel like we have to do something and it's like, dude take it to the Lord in prayer, ask him for the grace to love, maybe overcome the fear to just initiate the conversation, but then don't overthink it. God is like, when he said, just, you know, open up your mouth and I will fill it. His words are way better than mine guys. I am not that eloquent or articulate,
0: but when he moves with grace,
2: things are, but it's powerful. And you it see is. the shift in someone's heart, as opposed to I, I know the difference when I'm trying to like hit somebody over the head with like yeah. the the bat of truth of my truth and how bad that is and how just oh being in communion with Holy Spirit is the most effective powerful
0: way. It's true. It's true because you know why if you aren't in a relationship where there's a for the most part where there's safety or and there's there's an a, an understanding of love and equality and non-judgment, right, then it can come off just as criticism. That's it. Bat to the head, Mm -hmm. criticism. And I think a lot of Christian voices do come off as just criticism. And if, if, if you're just a voice that's not moving the needle on an issue or a problem, well, what's the point? I mean, then you're just another voice and God doesn't need another voice. He needs people that speak from his spirit and the depth and the abundance of who he is, because somehow or another, he knows how to love each of us, <laughs> mm. you know, and he knows how to speak to each of us because when we encounter him and we have him in our lives and we've surrendered our lives to him, we know his love. So we don't, we don't even receive his criticism in the same way we, we receive it with a broken heart and a broken heart, you know, what is it? A broken, a, a broken and contrite, a con- a heart? contrite
1: spirit and a broken
0: a broken wait, heart, a broken
1: spirit and a contrite heart. Is that
0: right? Mm-hmm. He, he will cannot not despise. despise it. He will not yeah. despise it. We yeah. got it. <laughs> we got it. We got it. Anna, when you find it, you can post it on screen <laughs> for those watching. But it is so true, you guys. You know, it's, it's, it's all about the heart. And sometimes mm-hmm. you got to let people know your heart before you can speak your heart. And that's why I love the mm-hmm. phrase, speak the truth in love. Because a bat to the head doesn't feel good. But the truth of God to someone who who is acting against biblical truth that I believe in, it's powerful when you're delivering it from a place of love, experience, relationship. You know, I just got to stop for five seconds and say, Mommy Berry. I applaud you for raising five sons. <laughs> yes. we, yeah, we've got we've got some of you who raised five sons. I grew up in a house full of boys and I have a ton of boys in my life. My son, a bunch of adopted sons. I'm a boy mom. And um, yes, she says my kids were a teaching lesson for me. And then I raised three ga- grandkids. So a total of eight. And even though I was the worst mom then, now they come to me and bring their friends. And I'm called mom by so many. I doubt that you Aww. were the worst mom. But I got to tell you, Mommy Barry, I feel like I was not the greatest mom, but I surrendered at a certain point. And then I feel like I became a great mom. Um, But wisdom is a teacher that you only get from experience and age, you know, so never beat yourself up. Yep. She says, I'm 62 and still learning. Yeah. Well, we're all growth mindset,
1: growth mindset, sister, growing, 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 never done.
0: No learning, learning until the day that we die, you know, and, um, it's, uh, Salumbra writes one last comment as we close today, you guys, uh, she says, but do we sometimes don't say anything? to our celebrity friends, family, and friends when we see them going down the wrong path for fear of losing them in our lives. And I do think that there can sometimes be a fear of losing a person because you speak the truth even in love. But I think for me, you guys, when I, if I lose someone because I've spoken the truth in love, the love can never be broken and the relationship always heals. Because sometimes you have to be willing to lose a friend to be a friend. And I would rather lose someone for a season than lose them for all eternity. And I have lost good friends who chose not to speak to me for a few months or what have you, but they always came back because I was always there still loving them, but they maybe needed to process through whatever. And there was always a a place where truth is truth, right? Jesus Christ is the same yesterday. Today and forever. Truth is truth. Eventually, if a person arrives at truth, guess who they're picking up the phone and calling? The person who spoke the truth to them in love originally. So I just believe that what's real can't be broken, you know? Mm-hmm. What's real can't be broken. And, and, and it, I may not like to hear a truth that someone speaks to me on Friday, but if it's true, trust me, by Monday, after I've thought about it and prayed on it, I'm going to figure out a way to just get back into that relationship with the person who spoke the truth. You know, so yeah. there it is. Psalm fifty one seventeen. my sacrifice, O God, is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart you, God, will not despise. So... I guess as we end today um, and go off into our weeks, uh, girl club members and guys out there who watch us, that would be my wish for, for all of us that we could ask the Lord to show us those hidden areas where we need to, you know, we need to maybe come to you and, and maybe repent, um, maybe have a broken and contrite heart. And, and help us to grow in relationship to the people around us, whether they're believers or not believers, because that's what that's that's a powerful place that we can begin to change the world is to actually guess what? Be the church. Love your neighbor. When you love your neighbor, you can speak the truth to your neighbor. And I have some neighbors who they don't they're not necessarily Christians and, and they believe in abortion but they listen to me when I speak the truth about why it's wrong because they know that I love also. And they know that I want to get to the same place of loving a person who might be struggling with that issue or any other issue. So anyway, that is, that is an hour. We're going to try to let you guys go on time. Um, I hope that we're all still learning and growing. And um, for all of us here at girl club, We, we, we thank you and receive your input with humbleness also. And um, gosh, you guys, I hope you have a blessed week. I'm Cynthia Garrett. Thanks for being a a part of Girl Club. Please don't forget to share us and pass out, pass out the link if you need to, you know, get others involved. I, I, we really believe that there are a lot of people who need to be a part of a safe fellowship like this. So like us, subscribe to us, and share um, this link. I'm Cynthia Garrett. Thanks for watching and listening. See you soon. Thanks, Nova and Christina. Love Love y'all. Love you. Love you. at lifeaudio.com.